1: This week, we're going to look at creator's perspective on gaining self-confidence. Uh, this is, a, I think, a pretty important topic, something that everybody has an interest in. And uh, I think there's some pretty good stuff that came through on this episode, Carl.
2: Well, we'll let our listeners be the judge, but uh, I, I would agree. Self-confidence is something everyone has had as a struggle, even if only as uh, a little kid. Everyone is kind of the underdog at some point, if only through size and lack of life experience. And you got to gain that, that confidence along the way, hopefully. And it, it turns out an examination of self-confidence and in the ins and outs, the problems, the challenges, the things that interfere is a pretty good way of sizing up life itself and all the things we have to contend with as a culture and as a society and a group of beings of divine origin. So as a channeler of creator of all it is, there's nothing dearer and nearer to creator's heart, I don't think, than the divine human family. Yes. Because we are special in that regard. We're we're here for a special purpose. and And our care and feeding is going to affect the entire future of things. So it's no small uh, uh, challenge and importance to understand what makes us tick and how do we make ourselves better. Absolutely.
1: You asked Creator, it's almost certainly an oversimplification, but isn't self-confidence freedom from anxiety and doubt? What is Creator's perspective?
2: All right, and Creator tells us the following. These are Creator's words. This is a good starting point to understand self-confidence, why some have it and others don't, why it is not easily obtained, especially for those suffering from fear and anxiety greatly in the course of their day. Nothing erodes self-confidence more than inner fear, especially when the cause is not known, so there are no useful actions one can think of to help one's plight. Where do you turn? What action do you take to seek safety, find higher ground, or shelter from a hazard that is looming if there's no awareness of its nature, its cause, what might happen, and what form it might appear? This is the insidious consequence of fear and anxiety when it has no name or face. Even when that might be assumed, it might be assumed in the error thinking that one's opponent is a greater foe, but really is a projection of a large amount of inner fear with no conscious awareness of the real cause being assumed due to a concern based on reason and logic that one must interact with someone disliked, or there is an ongoing competition of some kind, as in co-workers vying for a promotion, competing with one another, or an underling who has been heavily criticized and fearing the worst in the next encounter with the boss and on and on. In almost any kind of human relationships where there is an uneven balance of power, it is an invitation to stir up fear and anxiety. Sometimes while often on the part of the underling, it can be triggered in an overseer as well because that responsibility has deep karmic implications and the deep subconscious is aware of the possibility of losing power having something go wrong and to be blamed and losing authority and losing face as a consequence and perhaps never recover. So, the experiencing of fear and anxiety are almost universal. When absent, one must be in either of the extreme poles of someone who is very much in alignment with the divine, having supreme confidence in the self and one's personal standing and power and reach. Or at the other extreme, being disconnected from the higher self and not receiving any warnings or any guidance about overreaching and in the absence of a flow of love, which creates inner acceptance and stability and gives one the wherewithal to interact effectively with fellow humans, all one is left with is the ego and that is a fragile being and it requires lots of care and feeding but in the end will be a quite arbitrary representation of the true person and will often miscalculate and carry out erratic and exaggerated behavior with the intention to serve the self without concern to others or the greater enterprise one is a part of. The level of uncertainty learned through hard-won experience for such individuals can leave them very fragile. This is why such individuals may fly into a rage when challenged, because it is an outsized threat to them, given that they have no anchor within, no inner love for anything beyond the self, and not enough love for the self either, to give them comfort and stability. Love is the ultimate answer for the lack of self-confidence, and that will be impossible to gain for the narcissist and the sociopath.
1: There's just so much to unpack in this uh, particular uh, channeling here, Carl. Uh, but I love the way the creator characterized anxiety without a name or a face. You know, something that you can't, you feel the stress, you feel the anxiety, but you can't put a name or a face to it. And that is a deeply held experience with me. i, I That's the kind of anxiety and stress I experienced throughout my 20s and even t- into my early 30s. And it was a long, hard, arduous battle. So I can, I can relate deeply with anybody who struggles with that. But I think that's a big common problem that uh, is, really needs to be addressed.
2: Well, and, and people going to higher uh, levels of education and studying psychology will encounter the concept of angst. And that is this sort of background anxiety that's a common human dilemma. Yes. It's been wondered about through the ages and psychologists as well as philosophers have pondered its origin, now we know where it comes from. Yes. It yes. comes from the deep subconscious, which is cut off from conscious awareness. And we're being attacked and bullied down in our deep subconscious, and no wonder we're upset all the time, it's just <laughs> we're, we're disconnected from the source. But the deep subconscious triggers the stress response, and there comes the anxiety. Yes. So, your creator doesn't get into that level of detail here, but that's what this is describing, in essence. This yes. fear out of nowhere we all have
1: to wrestle with. Yeah, it's it's uh, one of the biggest challenges, I think, the individual faces in life. You asked creator, could enlightenment be characterized as self-confidence based on truth versus self-confidence based on beliefs? The difference being that the enlightened are forever free from the state of cognitive dissonance, which for those who aren't familiar with that term is basically having two conflicting beliefs at the same time within one's mind. What is Creator's perspective? All
2: right, and Creator says, this is a good technical analysis of the considerations here. Enlightenment can be defined as being in divine alignment, pure and simple. When one is in alignment, one will have an inner awareness and understanding of wisdom because that is a good working description of the quality of divine consciousness. The divine mind is fully informed, judicious and aware of all the possibilities and can envision the hazards and risks without, with any enterprise and strike a balance to accept a reasonable challenge in order to add something new to the universe but without risking self-integrity, in other words, to balance risk and benefit wisely so one simply will not get into trouble having wisdom to work with. In someone who does not, here again is an invitation to inner doubts and fears and anxiety about where one stands can come into play and begin to cause a decline in happiness and effective functioning if the negative emotions grow to a level where they become a detriment to efficient functioning and productivity. The average human is quite used to working under stressful circumstances and will keep going no matter what. But everyone has their limit and will have a breaking point when limits of tolerability are reached from a chronic ongoing source of stress or multiple stressors. The wisdom to know one's place and know one's capabilities will allow being judicious in volunteering and choosing any number of roles with respect to how well they fit the individual and their skills and knowledge base. This is why maturity is valued. What it truly is in actuality is the gaining of wisdom through life experience That makes someone more stable and more balanced in every respect, including honoring the needs of others versus the self, so as to judge whether it is a time to perhaps sacrifice something personally for the greater good and be willing to do so. Too great a level of inner fear and anxiety will make such choices seem to be an outsized risk in many cases. That is why a well-rounded person will have the attributes of self-confidence in good supply and the maturity and judgment that come from the gaining of inner wisdom.
1: Well, this question was based on a speculation that enlightenment was essentially a state of unassailable self-confidence, you know, and creator basically affirmed that but went on to say that that's because the consciousness of the being is in complete divine alignment, from which wisdom stems. So I thought yeah. this was a br- another brilliant answer, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it
1: makes sense, does it not?
2: Yes. You know, self-confidence is knowing you've got the goods, you've got the wherewithal, you've got the high ground, you know who you are, you know what you're capable of doing, you have it on board, you're road ready, you're tough, you're prepared. And you're ready to go. And yeah. and and that is someone armed with divine awareness
1: and divine wisdom to a T. Yes, absolutely. And point I make out is that, you know, a lot of people probably think that oh pursuing enlightenment is for these, you know, rarefied individuals that, you know, come along that we really are enigmatic, we don't understand. You know, they go sit in a cave somewhere and spend a life meditating. That that those you know, enlightenment isn't for me. You know, I'm I've got too many things to do, I'm too busy. But I think this answer really says that, no, enlightenment is everybody's pursuit, they just don't know it, yes. you know? Yeah, it's that's really a good up, way up of, yeah, that's, that's a good thing to point out. Yeah. You asked, creator, there is self-confidence about what the self can do versus self-confidence about what the self is, and one's inherent right to be a legitimate, sovereign member of the universe. Is it safe to say that the latter is harder to cultivate? All right, Creator says, we would
2: agree with this assessment in general that few have a deep awareness of who they are, what they are part of, their purpose, their origin and makeup and their destiny. Indeed, all they may be left with is the meager doings and experience as a physical human, starting as an infant with no capability whatsoever, being a helpless lump of tissue with little onboard knowledge. An inability to perceive what is going on in the environment, unable to move, unable to communicate with others, and in a state of bewilderment and confusion about the sensory bombardment they begin to experience with birth. This is not an encouraging beginning to make good progress and to get very far given a relative short lifespan of the average human being who spends roughly a quarter of their life actually in school or even longer, simply acquiring knowledge and that will bring with it relatively minor amounts of actual skill. Most skills per se are acquired in the so-called real world of the workplace once one completes their book learning and takes on actual duties and responsibilities for carrying out useful duties and demonstrating a suitable level of proficiency and accomplishment. All along the way, everything is a function of trial and error with a great need to memorize lots of factual information. That is quite a challenge and quite a feat and often a misguided notion to begin with as most factual learning will not be relevant to the person's life in a career sense or in any other way. So it demonstrates a certain proficiency to read and acquire information To listen and incorporate teachings through careful focus, attention and note taking and the ability to study and so on. These are useful skills, but not the be all and end all. In contrast, one who is a much deeper representation because in an ultimate sense, it takes into consideration the soul characteristics incorporated and expressed during the incarnation by the individual Oh, why one is, is a much deeper representation. The soul is vast, has many resources at its disposal and a huge experience base. This can be tapped into if there is an awareness, it is possible and one goes about it in the right way. So again, we're back to the question of initiative, application of curiosity inner drive to learn and perhaps more than the minimum requirements of formal education, given that the world is largely ignorant of some of the most important information about how the universe truly works and the makeup of the divine human, and possible interactions with the divine realm to form a partnership for enhancing one's life. So here we are getting into the answers for the dilemma a bit. But it addresses the issue of your question because the makeup of the divine human is more about who the individual is than what they do within the earth plane. And you can see this amply demonstrated that the average person spends a great deal of their time sitting in classrooms year after year with largely repetitious drudgery, great deal of boredom, and that extends into the workplace for which they'll be underpaid in terms of amount of time it takes from their life day after day, and often additional time in commuting, doing extra learning, working long hours that might not be fully compensated for, but considered the mark of a good worker. But if you look carefully at those who are successful and what differentiates them from others who may not succeed in a career through lack of talent, diligence, willingness to give of themselves, and even sacrifice at times in demonstrating a good work ethic, What differentiates those workers who become prized business associates and colleagues are demonstrating aspects of character and potential in living through and demonstrating a grasp of the virtues that lead to good outcomes and a rewarding accomplishment that will benefit the individual as well as the group they may be a part of. Those are more of a reflection of soul characteristics than learned behavior from simply watching others and mimicking their behavior and conduct. So we would say who one is, is vastly more important than what one does. If the former is highly expressed and prized in governing thoughts, feelings, and actions, what one does will automatically be of higher caliber and more effective and make a greater impact on things for the
1: better It's interesting Creator seems to be saying in this last paragraph that in a sense wisdom cannot be acquired simply through mimicry you know Um, and yet most of our educational system is mimicry essentially it's you know feedback to the teacher what's being put into Um, but wisdom is really about experience, hands on and learning the lesson through direct interaction, which is not something that you're doing when you're sitting with a book at a desk or watching somebody on a chalkboard, you know. Um, so who one is is really about, I guess, how much wisdom they've actually accumulated and how much they're able to tap into. Because this, everybody's soul has a, a tremendous amount of wisdom. It's, I guess there's that divine connection thing, too, also. How much can we actually tap into is a good, good starting point. Yes. Well, we're,
2: we're largely disconnected. Yes. From our higher awareness. And so there's the challenge to tap into that, reconnect, partner with the divine and get that flow going much better. And that will help us across the board by becoming a bigger, fuller
1: person. Absolutely. And you can learn more about partnering with the divine at GetWisdom.com where there's uh, all kinds of, of content by which you can explore and learn more about our project and about yourself, about the divine everything that goes about being a human being and what our future is. Check it out GetWisdom.com You could the partnership the participant membership is forever free. Just sign up today and you can access easily ninety to ninety five percent of the content that's out there. So check it out, GetWisdom.com. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline.
0: Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God Listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's
1: Get Wisdom. We are talking about creators' perspective on gaining self-confidence. And um, like everything we do at Get Wisdom, it turns out to be a much deeper topic <laughs> than even we appreciate. But uh, it's a very fruitful one. I think there's a lot of really good insights in this in this week's episode, Carl.
2: Well, and there's some unexpected twists and turns in this discussion. We're going to get to that right now. And thinking about how it relates to evil. Yes.
1: Yes. Exactly.
2: And this, I you think,
1: asked, will surprise people. I think so. You ask, Creator, how is the problem of evil a self-confidence abnormality?
2: Okay, now we're not saying anybody without self-confidence is evil. So don't don't no, don't no, assume, <laughs> you know, that's what the intent is. You know, bear with us a little, okay? <laughs> How is the problem of evil a self-confidence abnormality? Here's what creator says. The problem of evil arises as a consequence of disconnection from one's divinity, one's alignment with the truth of the divine. This stops the flow of love and leaves a person isolated and in a loveless state of being. They will be unable to love and feel compassion for others or to love and feel compassion for the self. As a consequence, the only source of enjoyment available to them will be of a material sort, having the superficial accoutrements of success, a bigger, flashier car, a bigger house. Fancier clothes, a group of individuals they can influence to be followers and helpers, in effect, groomed to praise their leader and be supplicants, even to the extent of becoming, in some ways, servants. This is not leadership. This is exploitation. So the consequences of being disconnected from divine love and wisdom leaves a vacuum. And such individuals may well become a monster seeking power and control over others for self-gratification through material gain and the only source of self-satisfaction and accomplishment to bring security and stability. They will not be confident in who they are, so their security must rest with the ability to punish others if they become a competitor or a perceived threat of some kind. This is why nation-states corrupted by evil become totalitarian, because their leaders cannot act through love and compassion, but only through the need for power and control, and will be endlessly suppressing and subjugating their citizenry in order to keep the reins of power and suppress anyone who might question or challenge them for their dominant position." The reason such empires fail is that each and every time they come about, it is because there is faulty leadership and absence of divinity and character that eventually will lead to mistakes, overreaching, suspicion and mistrust, and then harm to others through the need to keep everyone on a short leash and not risk allowing freedom to flourish. It is too threatening, and by its denial, the empire is doomed because it will lead to stagnation and a downward spiral of degradation and lack that will end up draining everyone and threatening ultimately even personal survival. This is why the idea of freedom and liberty, self-determination, respect for the rights of others, and that all are equal are noble ideas and in divine alignment. They create the potential for the strongest possible world because the divine human can flourish when the world is run with such principles by its leaders. This will create a role for all, a place for all, an acceptance of all, and things will sort themselves out and will not require an overseer and taskmaster To create a hierarchy and pigeonhole people according to their whims, the whims of the leader and their prejudices. When people have room to breathe, to find their own path, to unleash their own talents and capabilities, and are unhindered, the end result will be a greatly amplified and heightened degree of progress overall, in which the nation-state will flourish and prevail, and become a shining beacon for any who are downtrodden and living under subjugation still.
1: I think, again, there's a lot of insight in this. Um, my take from this is that, you know, if you have to look to external externalities to find safety and confidence inwardly, you're never going to find it. You know, and this is where the insatiable need for power, I think, stems from is that it can and why it can never be satiated because you can't you can't fix a linear lack of confidence with external constructs you know with with walls with safety with people with certificates with awards with credentials you know it, it, confidence has to be built from within not from without
2: well and you see the workings of this tension and competition and conflict in the workings of governments Yes. All through history, and including today, unfortunately, when it's all about power, it's all about rules, it's all about punishment, it's all about fear and suspicion and censorship and canceling people because of differing views, because of fear, what might happen, being a threat to the established order, the people in power and in control, who are in the driver's seat, at least for the moment. And, and, And it's not a nation promoting and reveling in the idea of freedom and liberty and self-determination, respect no. for the rights of all,
1: and that all are equal. Now it's, I mean, it's, dis- it's disturbing to think that people that are put into power or, or get themselves into power, might actually be the, the more accurate way to say it, are there to extend their own personal power and provide a greater level of their own personal safety, so to speak, Rather than be there to serve the common good, you know. And uh,
2: and, and if they're in power because that is the only source of validation and personal value they can relate to, they're more likely to be on that spectrum towards the narcissistic, self-serving, and therefore fragile and lacking
1: an inner core. Not yes. being not being spiritual in and a that, true sense, in a deep sense. And that's self confidence that that's the self confidence abnormality I think that was being suggested. Is that yeah. if, if that self-confidence is based on power, that by itself is abnormal.
2: It's that's like, right. It's and abnormal. it's a hollow God to worship. Yes, it is. It's not satisfying. And it's not even secure and safe. Because it's going to be transient. There's always yeah. something will knock you off your pedestal. And it's not you know,
1: satiable. You know, you'll never have enough to be truly confident. You know, you always need more. You always, there's always a threat out there. and you, you always need more and more security, more and more power. That's why it's just a never-ending you know, treadmill, essentially. US creator, is there such a thing as a truly self-confident evil being? Or is evil a crisis derived from a belief in extreme self-vulnerability? Is this why evil brings is this why evil beings fear the light? Is what is creator's perspective? All right, creator tells us evil
2: is a consequence of self depletion, a disconnect from divine wisdom and love, so any being exhibiting evil conduct or thinking will not be utilizing the full array of soul attributes in their functioning, but have become a semblance of who they are. And that is more easily distorted and corrupted in ways to cope with the deficit largely at the expense of others. This is why corruption grows over time. It demands care and feeding from others to supply the void. The lack of confidence in the self through divine alignment and that lack of divine alignment and the absence of wisdom and the ability to love leave little to work with to maintain equanimity, composure and a high level of functioning by the standards of society. So evil people quickly find themselves at odds with others around them and will feel inadequate as a consequence and quite challenged because their aims will not be appropriate and so will not be readily accepted but resisted by their compatriots and they will be increasingly disliked and avoided, even shunned. This further erodes confidence and leads to greater desperation because eventually with declining security, such individuals will feel threatened and will begin to manipulate the people around them to take things for themselves, to increase their material holdings as the best thing they can think of to gain greater satisfaction. And will feel justified through gaining a bit of extra stability in writing a perceived wrong, that someone is something they lack and will feel compelled to take it for their own if they can. At some point it becomes an imperative for survival to take from others in order to make the self more powerful and seemingly less vulnerable, in order to enjoy the security that comes from holding power. Such individuals will not see that it is a pyrrhic victory and that their power cannot last because it is truly more an illusion than a reality and more a holding action than a solution
1: to their dilemma. Indeed, I think the term holding action is a powerful one in this context. Um, You know, a lot of people who have ended up spending some time around the rich and powerful have ended up commenting how, how dark a lot of these people are. You know, and um, and I think this this particular channeling gives a lot of insight into that, that at some level you have, you know, there's only so many hours in a day and so much you can do on your own. And if you have an insatiable need for security, at some point you're, you're going to have to literally take it from others. You're not going to be able to purchase it, essentially. You're going to have to literally take it because there's not enough resources that an individual can bring to bear to gain enough external security. So I think at the end of the day powerful people uh, end up, you know, taking from other people to to accumulate that power. Well,
2: this is the slippery slope of evil folks at all levels of society. You've probably seen this without really thinking maybe deeply about it, but, you know, growing up and being in school and you saw kids who cheat, kids who suck up to the teacher. I mean, sometimes that's insecurity, but sometimes it's a brash, active ego and entitlement that they know how to manipulate others, and because they feel insecure and hollow inside, and they think that's how you get along. You take things, you manipulate, you cheat, you lie, you steal. And people will do that all their lives long. A lot of people in business are underhanded. I mean, the stories are legendary of people being cheated by their car repair place, you know, because they don't understand their automobile and their, their easy pickings. Oh, you need a new carburetor. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and it might be just something, you know, that needs cleaning. There's a clog in the fuel line or something or a filter needs replacement yeah. and so on. And, and, and so... It hurts everyone, but mostly those
1: people who aren't loving and who only look out for themselves. Yeah, that end up being the, the problem for themselves and for everybody else, unfortunately. It's a problem of evil in a nutshell. U.S. Creator, what is the difference between the self-confidence of Hitler versus the self-confidence of Gandhi?
2: Well, here we have a study in good and evil, I think. Creator says, the lifetimes and focus of these individuals illustrate quite nicely the contrast between a self-possessed, confident individual in alignment with the divine and intuitively able to see and understand wisdom in facing life and a variety of challenges, which was a characteristic hallmark of Gandhi in reacting to the oppression of his people and personal threat and imprisonment and even being attacked violently at times for his beliefs, but holding steadfast to his principles, to be nonviolent in response, and thereby claiming the higher ground and becoming unassailable in the doing, because he put the lie to the power of the state to subjugate representing greatness. When in fact, it is a shallow demonstration of self-serving arrogance to achieve power that is actually a karmic deficit because it comes at the expense of the happiness and freedom of others. So is no victory or even a gain but an illusion and a depredation of their personal standing and a stain on their soul. The evils of Hitler are a time-honored and quite clear example of the consequences of evil as a motive and a driving force dictating behavior, <clears throat> personal choices, and the consequences that ensue. For power of Hitler was a desire to control and attain and maintain supremacy on a personal level as the one exalted leader of not only a nation, but in his blueprint for domination, ruler of the world. Only a depraved individual would seek such power that could only be obtained through the killing of millions of innocent men, women, and children, and thereby not only negate the value of its attainment, but condemn the self to a huge future karmic reckoning that would require a personal reconstitution of all those individual lives and the pain caused, and most likely many, many lifetimes of loss, suffering, and torment to rebalance the magnitude of such evil. This, the law of karma, will see to automatically, and there is no escape. This is the folly of such choices and is a high price to pay for simply being disconnected from the flow of love and settling for being a bully, even the world's biggest and most powerful bully.
1: I think. Uh- Hitler is a sterling example of making a personal problem everybody's problem. <laughs> yeah, he literally amplified his own internal issues, his, his angst, and made it everybody in the world's problem. You know, and uh, that's something that we shouldn't be doing, Carl. Well, and we saw how this can get
2: a start. You know, and earlier in the uh, uh, program today, with. People who are empty inside, needing a coterie of followers, helpers, worshippers in effect, yes. Who admire them and want to do favors and help them and so on. And here you have Hitler wanting the entire
1: world yeah. to bend their knee to him. Because it's or- never enough that you can never have enough people bending the knee. It's never yeah. It's not, you know, a million is not enough. It doesn't satisfy, it doesn't heal the soul. And 10 million doesn't heal the soul. And 100 million and the the whole world, the population of the world bending their knee is not going to heal your soul, Carl.
2: <laughs> well, and you can hardly think of someone more disconnected from the divine than someone who would preside over mass genocide.
1: Yes, that, that carries it to the greatest extreme there is. And I think the other interesting point Creator made in this channeling, Was in um, saying that basically the ability to um, coerce is not—it's—it's not—it's not a higher ground, you know. I mean, it's uh, not—it's not laudable. It's not power.
2: Yeah, it's not a strength. It's—it's actually a weakness because as you do it, you undermine your
1: future. Because of the law of karma, it's not greatness. That's what that's what Creator said. Yeah, uh, put the lie to the power of the state to subjugate representing greatness. So just because you have power to subjugate, doesn't mean you're great. Those are Creator's words, you know. And a lot of people ha- are are confused about that, you know. Especially a lot of people that, you know, really think that having a strong military is great, you know, or, or being physically powerful is, is great, being able to hurt people is great. We're being told that's not the case. It's really a stain on your soul.
2: Well, you see that at all levels. When people are disempowered, they're punished, they're silenced, it's, it's through fear and wanting to retain power. People do that to one another. Yep. But it's a false and empty victory in the end because it only undermines them in their own
1: future because it's going to come back to them. Yes, we will. And we're going to come back to right after this.
0: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn starts here voiceamericaempowerment.com it's your world you're listening to get wisdom with carl mollison and brian kelly they are here to answer your questions and comments about the program send us an email to contact at get that's contact at get now back to this week's program back to the final
1: segment of week to Get Wisdom. We're talking about creator's perspective on gaining self-confidence. And uh, the second segment, we kind of looked at how the problem of evil is, is very much connected with the issue of self-confidence in individuals, Carl.
2: Yes, and uh, in, in somewhat surprising ways. And I think it's enlightening to gain a little greater understanding because we can appreciate what others are doing better And understand their motives better when we think about these aspects. Everyone does things for a reason, and even if they're being manipulated, it's the manipulator
1: who has the agenda, and they have their reasons. Sure, absolutely. You can you can peel the onion, (laughs) and it gets back to a problem of self-confidence, even at that level, for sure. Uh, We're going to look at this this last segment here. We're going to look at solutions to assisting people in gaining greater levels of self-confidence. People are really interested in that, so we're going to dive into that now. Can Creator comment on the divine outlook between nurturing and discipline? How does karma utilize those modalities to assist beings in developing true self-confidence?
2: All right, here we go. This is Creator's words. Karma is the great leveler. It teaches many lessons. It is relentless and eventually will catch up to everyone who's made a misstep or an error and caused something to be out of alignment, big or small. The difficulty for physical humans is that karma lags in a time sense and can be rather late in coming to teach a clear lesson to the perpetrator or a misguided individual who will commit errors but not see a day of reckoning for perhaps years or even until another lifetime. The consequences of one's conduct in being reflected back to them by others around them is a quicker means of feedback that can help people learn better ways to navigate and use their energies productively in a helpful rather than harmful fashion. They will likely be called out quickly if they overreach and take risks and fail to have the wherewithal. If they are difficult to get along with by being harsh and abrasive, confrontational, too egotistical and arrogant, or the opposite, in being shy and retiring and too timid to be relied on, they will likely get feedback from people around them. If this is done with nurturing and encouragement, it can help them grow and overcome their liabilities. There are many times when a sterner force might be needed to be applied to rein in misconduct in particular when it is backed by strong emotion or a mismatch of energies, or someone is acting in a misguided way through inner corruption and is a would-be perpetrator about to strike. Sometimes application of discipline from someone in greater authority, or perhaps a group acting in concert to apply collective pressure to rein in someone misbehaving, can provide an object lesson for them as a comeuppance That can have great impact and teach them an important life lesson, at least under ideal circumstances if dealing with someone who is not heavily corrupted and lacking in any guilt or remorse because of a conduct disorder. This ability to provide healthy feedback is the hallmark of human endeavors conducted in openness with a level playing field where all are valued, all have standing, all have rights. It is when things are in a heavily structured hierarchy that many, many distortions occur. Humanity is programmed to believe in the hierarchy as a way to organize things and the most desirable management structure, but this is not truly the case. It can work because people believe in it and will knuckle under but it is far from ideal in obtaining the greatest level of happiness and productivity. When people are working as a team and feel like equals, if only in having an area of personal control and autonomy, and are valued members and their contributions listened to and considered carefully, regardless of their place in the pecking order with respect to seniority, length of experience, and so on, this is an ideal situation when all can feel empowered to express themselves and exercise their own initiative and creativity. So again, the contrast between the unfettered divine flow and impulse of the divine human will win out as a source of inspiration and influence over the learning acquired through being buffeted about by the feelings and opinions of individuals largely motivated by self-interest and subject to petty jealousies and inner fear and anxiety about having to compete and perhaps turning to underhanded tactics as a response to feeling threatened. And this can undermine the unity and satisfaction and performance of an entire organization because toxic work conditions are a great hindrance to human progress.
1: Well, I think it's, you know, Cranor points out that there is a place, time and place for discipline that's probably much more directed and perhaps can be viewed as kind of negative in a sense. But obviously, nurturing is the prior it's the preferred way to encourage people to um, improve, to extend themselves, to take risks, to think about others, before themselves, that kind of thing. So, but there's a balance. At the end of the day, wisdom is all about obtaining balance. It's about uh, not excluding something but finding its proper place.
2: Yeah, and clearly some situations and some people need a
1: firmer hand. Yes. Yes, this idea that, you know, you can apply the same rules to everybody all the time is a lack of wisdom. And we're seeing, I think we're seeing that portrayed on a big political scale now at this point. <laughs> you ask, Creator, can Creator share how prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can heal anxiety and doubt and foster genuine Divine self-confidence. All right, and Creator tells us the greater source, the
2: greatest source of the fear and anxiety accompanying lack of self-confidence is a consequence of inner corruption, both within the self and on the part of many others one encounters in life, starting with others in the family group who may themselves be corrupted with dark spirit attachments and thereby inclined to be harsh, judgmental, punitive and uncaring because they themselves are being hounded and bullied from deep within their mind by their spirit attachments. In addition, the karmic history of humans is such there is a large backlog of unhealed trauma of all kinds. The deep subconscious is keenly aware of this and worries incessantly about all the things that may happen again they can see have already taken place and will not distinguish the past involved with many other lifetimes and the current life. It will just seem like chapters in an ongoing saga and is very real and keenly felt. After all, the various lifetimes are running in parallel and the wounds are fresher than what would think given the illusion of linear time being the average human perspective, but an inaccurate one. So the question is, what does one do when one has a corrupted legacy of many lifetimes of struggle, suffering, and manipulation with terrible outcomes for many reasons, poor decisions and bad judgment by the self, or the inevitable subjugation and suppression at the hands of those with greater power and control? leaving the individual in a state of diminishment and often torment and a shortened life to boot. With a long history of such depletion and savagery being encountered again and again, it is no wonder people are anxious and fear the worst, and this makes everyone on edge and leery of others. The solution is healing, deep healing, and lots of it. It is the most valuable thing one can do with one's time and money to go to work on healing their karmic backlog with all the help they can muster. The Divine can do much but only in proportion to the level of insight and wisdom of the individual requesting assistance. The burden is on the human to learn about life, to learn about who they are, to learn about the Divine Realm, the rules of engagement, how to create and sustain and enhance a partnership with the Divine to get the most out of the capabilities you have as a physical human with a link to the vine. We have taught your channel much about how to empower prayer, how to pray for the right things and how to do it in the highest and best way you can to obtain the greatest potential benefits and ways to leverage and empower the prayer requests so they can be greatly magnified in the potential benefits and obtaining their requested assistance more rapidly as well. The ultimate way to request all you need from the Divine is using the Lightworker Healing Protocol because it is a comprehensive compendium of human challenges, sources of negativity and healing strategies that can be invoked and applied by the Divine through specific requests. Those who know how to use the protocol and what it contains are for the first time in human history in the driver's seat and able to direct their personal betterment, future success, and even survival like never before. This comes at a crucial time when human corruption is on the increase with designs to disrupt your world and end humanity altogether. This is depraved thinking at its worst. You need divine help to deal with this dilemma. It is that simple. The choice is clear in how to go about it. If ever there was a need for powerful tools, it is when you are being brought to the brink of your own demise. You need such power in reaching out to the divine for rescue. No one else can help you. There are many disinformation campaigns promising an automatic ascension of humanity or that benevolent extraterrestrials will swoop in to rescue humans from evil extraterrestrial opponents, or promising the return of a great spiritual leader who will magically dissolve your sins and raise you up in a final great salvation of humanity. All such sources are misguided. You are destined for greatness, In an exalted state of being through an ascension process, just heal your world and the entire galaxy of troubled and evil beings before that can happen. That is why you were created, to solve the problem of evil. Finally, now, you have the tools you need for the task. It is not the time to quit. It is the time to go to work truly in an effective way because you are now capable of winning the day and in an eternity of joy that will follow from your success. But if you want our assistance to bring this to you, you must ask and you must do your part to bring it about through healing those around you and yourselves.
1: You know, we do have the tools needed to to bring about the changes that we require but there's two things you know you need the tool but you also need the knowledge of how to use the tool most effectively and and creator said in this last channeling the divine can do much but only in proportion to the level of insight and wisdom of the of the individual requesting assistance our entire get wisdom project is about helping you gain the level of insight and wisdom you need to get the answers for yourself and for all of humanity so by all means get the tool get the lightworker healing protocol but become a member of get wisdom listen to our radio shows listen to our um channeling podcasts uh come to getwisdom.com, partake of all its content because that is where you're going to learn how to use the most effective tool there is the lightworker healing protocol
2: Well, we welcome any and all, because any and all, by and large, can do this. Yes. And it's something you do in the privacy of your own mind. You don't have to report to a battlefield anywhere with a weapon. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It's between you and God. It's your choice. But we need you to be on board and helping. This is a numbers game. It's a quorum that's needed from the human
1: side requesting divine help. Visit us at GetWisdom.com. Get the library protocol Call Ebook at GetWisdom.com slash LHP. We are out of time. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.